This podcast is a production of the Salem Podcast Network. For more podcasts like this from courageous voices of conservative reason, visit salempodcastnetwork.com. Portions of the following program may contain pre-recorded material. But it doesn't. Just for the record, I am live the entire time. And I try to catch that just as you hear it, lest you think you're going to get a pre-recorded show. It's a useless message, and this is my daily announcement of its uselessness. Okay, welcome to the show. I'm Dennis Prager. I have good news. What do you think of that? I told it to the living martyr who, like Oscar the Grouch, does not thrive on good news. By the way, Oscar the Grouch was my favorite Sesame Street character. Do you know that when I was in graduate school, I watched Sesame Street before going to school every day? I can tell you all the characters, even Mr. Snuffleupagus, whom only Big Bird knew. All right? Just for the record, folks, I know that that comes as somewhat as a surprise. I thought that, I thought the program was hilarious. In the best sense, not, not in a mocking way. At any rate, here it is. It's from the Daily Mail. Number of children being homeschooled doubles to 5 million since beginning of the pandemic, with 11% of families now teaching at home. That, that is really, really good news. The only excuse you can have for sending your child to a regular private or public school in in mo- most of this country is that you your family would enter poverty or quasi poverty if if you did so i guess, there is one other to be honest there is one other excuse you want your child to learn that America is essentially a rotten country. You want your child to learn that there's no such thing as a boy or a girl. Okay, then then there's every good reason for you to send your child to school. You don't want your child to learn a damn thing other than left-wing propaganda. Then you have, a, you have every reason to send your children to a regular school in this country. The number of U.S. children being homeschooled has doubled since the start of the pandemic, from roughly 2.5 to 5 million, representing 11% of households nationwide now homeschooling their children. The reasons are varied, researchers say, but overall the shift represents a loss of faith in America's public school system. By the way, I don't know why they say that. It's also private school system. It's an odd thing. It's not people... Obviously, if people had faith in private schools, they'd send them to private schools. The elite private schools are, are, are at least as bad as the public schools. At least as bad. They're taught by, by anti-American, anti-truth teachers, led by anti-truth principles. Did I tell you? Yes, I did. I told you yesterday. Things that the the head of the uh, of, of the teachers union in in Los Angeles, Cecily Myart Cruz, <laughs> and this is from Los Angeles Magazine. What was the what was the, the the precious quote that we we got from her from this very very long article? I mean, the the woman is is essentially, though she would not use the term, but she's. She would be indistinguishable from what was known in the old days as a communist. I mean, the the, the stuff that that she advocates teaching. I mean, the woman the woman hates this country. The union hates this country. They're ruining your children. And and people do it. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh oh, that's right. This is really something. Ah, oh, God. Our kids didn't lose anything. It's okay that our babies may not have learned all their times tables. They learned resilience. They learned survival. They learned critical thinking skills. 
They know the difference between a riot and a protest. They know the words insurrection and coup. So that's what they want. They don't care if your child knows a times table. Times table, that's, that's white supremacy to insist on mathematical, basic math knowledge. But to know the difference between a riot and a protest and to know the words insurrection and coup, that's what we want your children to know. And you keep sending your children there. Now, I love clarity and honesty. So if you say, I love that my children are being referred to as students and not as boys and girls, I love the fact that they are asked what their preferred pronoun is. I love the fact that they are taught sex at a very early age. I love the fact that they have a drag queen study hour, a story hour at at the library or at the school. I love the fact that they are taught that America was founded in order to create uh, more slaves and preserve slavery. Now, if you say that, then I have no argument with you. But if you don't love it, then I'm sorry. I really am sorry. It's not easy to transfer over to homeschooling or to find a decent school which believes in truth. It's not easy. However, the price paid for sending your child to that to a regular school, private or public, is is uh, may very well end up in the alienation of your child from his or her country, his or her family. And not to mention from God and religion, which may not matter to most of you, but not most of you, most Americans. Overall, the shift represents a loss of faith in America's public school system amid the challenges presented during the coronavirus pandemic. Black families represent the largest group moving to homeschooling. That's fascinating, isn't that? I didn't know that, did you? 16% of households now teaching at home. That is a great move. You really do have an option, black families. There it is for you. This compares to 12% of Hispanic families now homeschooling, up from 6.2% before the pandemic, and 9.7% of white families, up from 5.7% last year. Around 8.8% of Asian families are homeschooling, up from... 4.9% 4.9% in spring 2020. Wow, this is a big deal. Comes as an unprecedented number of parents have been able to see how their children are being educated up close and remote learning. <laughs> Amid remote learning. Oh, isn't that awesome? You never, you never know when there's a silver lining in, in a dark time, do you? Parents have tuned in to see the... Uh, the twisted notion of education that has taken over our schools. Many are finding they want more individualized learning options. Alex Spurrier, one of the authors of the Bellwether study, told Axios. Now, this is amazing. For families of color, motivations include protecting their children from racism in public schools as well as lower expectations placed on them, which can have a negative impact on performance. No kidding. Well, that is the racism that they experience in public schools. There is massive racism in public schools, and it is by the white leftist, the greatest source of racism in America, for whom, within whom there is deep contempt for the black American. You cannot live by the same standards as all others, so we will drop standards. For other parents, they are dissatisfied with how race issues were being taught in public schools and the social justice protests and the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes over the past year. The disproportionate number of the anti-Asian hate crimes were committed by blacks, but nobody wants to write that because truth is not a media endeavor goal. 
As an African-American, I didn't like the way the school was addressing some of the cultural things going on. A mother of three in Richmond said, made the switch to homeschooling. Well, whatever your reasons, take them out. That's, that's, the, way it, that's the way it works. So there is good news. Now, I looked at the chart here, homeschooling rates by household of households by state. So, let's see here. Uh, September 30th to October 12th, 2020. All right. What do you think, what state do you think has the highest percentage? I didn't guess it. Alaska. The second if I read this correctly, is Oklahoma. But they're all up there. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Headline, New York Times. Spurning critics, Biden calls exit notable success. And they called Donald Trump a liar. Can you imagine if there was anything comparable done during the Trump era? The media uh, are so dishonest. They're propaganda wings of the, of the New Yorkers, of the, not the New York Times, of, of the Democratic Party. That's all they are. Like Pravda was to the Communist Party what the New York Times, Washington Post, and L.A. Times are to the Democratic Party. That's it. The analogy is there are no analogies that are perfect. It's close to perfect. A, a success. You leave a country and you leave all your weapons, tens of billions of dollars in weaponry, you leave them to among the worst human beings on the planet? That's a success? As you leave, more American servicemen and women are killed in any one day than in seven years? That's a success? What's a failure? My only question is, does, does this crook, Joe Biden, a true crook, the most, the most crooked man to be in the presidency in my lifetime, is this man, and I've never said that about any president, Democrat or a Republican, just for the record, does this man believe that? Does he believe that it was a success? What do you think? Yeah, I think he does too. Yeah. Can you tell me a lie that uh, Donald Trump stated in four years that is comparable in its seriousness to this one? That is as antithetical to truth as this one? I, I, I can't. But, uh, but he gets a pass. This, this will not even be an issue in a week. Not an issue. What do the generals think? What do the military think? We have given over all of these armaments to people who want us dead. To people who want half their fellow countrymen dead. To people who burn people alive as a, as a matter of course, who rape boys. You know about that? There's a big feature in Afghanistan. It, it tore the hearts out of a lot of our uh, servicemen to, to watch even allies keep a boy. Yes, yes. Biden calls exit notable success. Why wasn't the air? Why wasn't the other airfield bombed? Why wasn't the weaponry either destroyed or taken out? Why? At any of his press conferences, did anyone outside of Fox News ask this, these questions? This, it's not a rhetorical question. I'm, I'm asking the question. Are you familiar with anyone from NBC, ABC, CBS? Why do they even have these multiple sources? They just need one. 
They didn't waste their money on multiple sources in the Soviet Union. And by the way, regarding the Soviet Union, I noted that there were more rights in the Soviet Union, with the exception of private free speech, than there are in Australia today. Australia has more laws violating one's freedom than the Soviet Union did. Because you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to violate all laws. Did you see the, uh, in the name of freedom, in the name of, of safety, see the man who was arrested, who was handcuffed? He was alone, alone with his little girl daughter in a park, and he was not wearing a mask in the park, and he was handcuffed in front of his daughter. Most Australians, where was I reading this yesterday? They're, they're okay with it. Was it in the City Journal? Yeah. Okay. As I've said, freedom is a value, not an instinct. The Australians are proving the point. For those of us who value freedom, it, it, it's a bit incomprehensible. But that is what it is. My next fireside chat will be with this remarkable woman I had on the radio from North Korea. She says it's fascinating. I'll be with her this evening as well. She says that the North Korean does not understand, literally does not understand, not a matter of has not experienced, does not understand thinking for oneself. It it is alien. uh, I can't think of an analogy, but it is alien to the North Korean, let alone the concept of freedom. What does freedom mean? Literally, if it's an interesting thing. If it were an instinct, people wouldn't need to have it defined, would they? So unless you are taught that freedom is important, you do not, not only do you not yearn for it, you don't even know what it is. Now, you don't have to be taught other instincts. You don't have to be taught what does it mean to eat. Right? Nobody has to teach you what it means to eat. Nobody has to teach you, once you're an adult at any rate, uh, what, what sex is about. These are built-in instincts. Freedom is not a built-in instinct. I was looking at photos of Kim Jong-un, who, by the way, has lost a lot of weight. Did you notice that? About 40 pounds, they estimate. They banned thinking about his obesity. Did you know that? It was banned into North Korea. And North Koreans believe that he is able to know what you think. So that is not a little thing to ban thought in North Korea. But what I did was I studied the photos of the ecstatic crowd that was just recently photographed cheering and applauding Kim Jong-un and I I just stared at their faces this was genuine ecstasy the women were in tears they were they were sort of hysterical like when when little girls or young girls saw the Beatles we'll be back 1-8 Prager 776 hello my friends I'm Dennis Prager and oh, too bad Anonymous gave up about books that were being assigned in, in Anonymous's school. If you're still there, I would, I would be interested. 1-8 Prager 776. Tommy in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hello. Hello, Tommy. Uh, is Tommy there? Okay. Too bad. 
Maybe we'll catch you again. Tommy lost a son in Afghanistan. I was interested in speaking to him. It is what it is. We'll try it a little later. Scott in uh, Santa Barbara, California. Hello. Hi, Janet. Uh, yeah, nice to talk to you. Hey, I wanted to talk about the, the equipment and uh, the, the military items that were left behind. Uh, to be fair, they were left with the Afghani military, and when they abandoned the place, they left them behind. Oh, okay. So, what does that mean to yeah. be? What does that mean to be fair? Well, it wasn't like the military left them there and then they abandoned and left them there. They left them with a supposedly a, a, an army, an army to defend them. Right. So there was there was and no conti- so there was no contingency uh, plan for should the Afghan army collapse, what do we do with tens yeah. of billions of dollars of sophisticated American arms? It's a bad plan for sure, and it doesn't look like there was a contingency plan. But if you know, they would have done some sort of scorched earth with the my. No, you don't do a scorched earth while the Afghan army is still fighting. But you exactly all right, fine. But while well, exactly can go in both directions. (laughs) Everything about this was terrible, including, and I am in a minority of Americans. I oppose leaving Afghanistan from the outset. I literally have not heard a single good argument. Every single argument, including from some very prominent conservatives, is emotional. We've been there 20 years. Is not an argument. I'm sorry. It is truly not an argument. It is what I taught my kids this term at an early age, a non sequitur. Because it has nothing to do with the question of whether you remain. The only question you ask in life is not how long have you been doing it, is is it worth being there today? Not how long have I been there, is it worth being there today? And of course it was, at extremely small price, thank God, in, in blood. We were keeping relative stability, relative stability to an unstable place. And, and the, the American president's insulting and humiliating of the Afghan army that lost, what, 70,000 people? 70,000. How many did we lose, all told? 4,000 in 20 years? 70,000. And he, and he has the temerity to speak, speak of them disparagingly? By the way, can you imagine Donald Trump as the, uh, as the caskets of, of American servicemen and women were being transferred, looking at his watch at virtually uh, during every transfer of a casket? Can you imagine what a big deal that would be? The uproar in this country at the, the at the contemptible president that we have. We're in trouble, folks. We are in trouble. The media is worthless. It's much worse than worthless. I wish the media were worthless. I, I, we could live with a worthless media. They're damaging. They have no commitment to truth. They have a commitment to the left and and the party that represents the left, the Democratic Party. That is all they are. They are nothing more than that. The Los Angeles Times prints a piece saying that Larry Elder is the, is the black face of white supremacy, and that paper keeps that woman employed and by the name of Guerrero. This woman is despicable. She is a thug in print. She is a liar. She is a hater. She's a fool, and the, and the L.A. Times keeps printing her. Larry Elder is the face of white supremacy. There is nothing a leftist can say that will get them fired. It is not possible to go too far left. It is not possible. 
imagine that? Think about it, my friends. Think about the Los Angeles Times printing a piece that says that Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. And tell me why that paper deserves to be read. I I am canceling my subscription. I I can't believe I haven't canceled my subscription. It's it's, It's junk. The L.A. Times has turned into junk. Not every reporter at the L.A. Times is a fraud, however, or an anti-American hater. However, they say nothing about the anti-American haters. So the L.A. Times consists of anti-American haters and people who don't speak up. Why is there not one individual in the entire Los Angeles Times edifice that has said, that is, frankly, going over the top? Right? Remember when uh, William Buckley took on the John Birch Society? The, 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 there's no self-criticism on the left. Because you can't be too left. It's not possible. You know, it's printed, people hear it, and then they don't react. We're inured to left-wing hatred. There is literally nothing they could say that B would say, oh, that's really, you know, that's over the top. If men give birth is normative, then Larry Elder being the, the black face of white superiority, uh, uh, supremacy, that's, that, that, that's, that's normative too. That's, that's where we are at the, this, this, uh, the state of the American media. Did the New York Times condemn it? Of course not. I mean, the, the thought is, do you think there's anybody at the New York Times who think that's over the top? Anyway, they published Charles M. Blow, who's the, who's the uh, equivalent to uh, this woman, Guerrero. What's her first name? Jean, Jean Guerrero? Guerrero or Guerrero? Jean Guerrero. They got Charles Blow. They got Jean Guerrero. There you go. Let's see if we have this uh, dad in Ann Arbor, Michigan now. Tommy, hello. Hey, Dennis. It's it's an honor to talk to you. I, I apologize for I'm installing hardwood floors. I got a flooring business here, and uh, I didn't think I'd be on the show. It's an honor to be on the show. Well, that's very sweet of you. What does your having a flooring business have to do with your not being uh, on the show? Oh, I was I was working, and I thought, oh, I won't be on the show. So I was nailing in some some boards, and uh, the next thing you know, I hear my phone, and I I hear hear you on there saying Tommy from Ann Arbor, and I was like, holy moly, I can't believe I'm on the show. Now, don't say what you really said to yourself, but was it holy moly? Um, not at all. <laughs> right, I didn't think so. Nobody says to themselves, holy moly. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, first, I gotta say, we can't call it the media anymore. We have to call it state-run news, because that's what it is. Fair enough. News run, news run by the state. Um, and I, I, and we'll now we'll go back to the Afghanistan situation, which uh, is something that's uh, you know it touches me to the core. My my stepson Daniel, um, I have two stepsons that were in the military and my daughter's boyfriend of many years is in the, uh, Michigan national guard. Um, and, and he, um, he's on the terror task force. Um, he, without getting too much into detail, he, uh, he fights terrorism from a computer and drones. Um, my middle stepson, Darren was in the Marine Corps um, he was in the Battle of Fallujah and spent three years there. Um, and Daniel was in Iraq at the same time as Darren. Um, he did three tours. He was in Mosul. He, um, his fourth tour was in Afghanistan. And that was in like 2009, I believe, 2010. Um, he got hit with a roadside bomb. Um, and survived. Um, he had a brain bleed on the left side of his of his brain. Um, 
and he's a big kid. I mean, he's uh, your atypical sergeant. Um, went to U of M Flint. They well, tell me, tell me, the, tell me the bottom line. Um, he died of a brain aneurysm uh-huh. in fourteen. Uh, um, okay. And, and he was a big weightlifting, and that they say that's mm-hmm. kind of what, kind of what did it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you lose, and then Darren committed suicide in eleven. Oh my um, God! Oh yep, my families God. that he had saved when we left with no plan, when Obama left with no plan, he hit it hard. And this kid told me everything, Dennis. Oh my God! Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here, anonymous in Santa Clarita, California. Hello. Hi. How are you, Dennis? I'm well, thank you. Um, you spoke earlier about. Um, homeschooling, and this has a lot to do with homeschooling, I hope, for Santa Clarita Valley. I just got word this morning that the Santa Clarita Valley School District, which uh, is for the junior and high schools in the area, are going to do a presentation to a junior high school. The presentation is a book called Bridges to Heal Us. It's by Aaron Jones, and it basically states that we cannot change racism on our own this book will actually teach them how to do racism, how to take care of racism. The second book is called Stories for Healing, which will actually tell students that anyone who voted for Trump is racist. This is a great reason to do homeschooling and a great reason for parents. What is what is the name of that? What is the name of the second book? The second book is called. I'm on. I'm driving. Stories for healing. By. And that one is by. Um. Well, I'm driving. Well, I don't want you to get to. You know, I don't accident. have it in front of me. I have. have stop. All right. I, when you get, tell Sean when you. <clears throat> Sean has no access to the phone. I, I'm learning this after 20 years here. <laughs> I don't see how that's possible because he puts me on with them after after they call. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm going to look into that. Th- that's uh, that's quite remarkable. John in Chicago. Hello. Hello, sir. Um, I wanted to ask you about your position regarding uh, Afghanistan. As you know, Donald Trump became the Republican nominee for president in 2016 pledging to withdraw all our forces from Afghanistan, which inescapably means letting the Taliban take over. And he simultaneously pledged to ban all Muslims from entering the United States of America. Oh, you're, you're, all right, you see, it's, it's, uh, you don't do yourself any favor. Everybody listening knows you're lying. So why do you say it? You're not going to get away with it because you have friends who agree with you. He banned all Muslims from the United States. What are you talking no, he about? he said he wanted to. No, he didn't he say that. He, wanted to. he didn't say that. He was talking about a handful of countries that were at war at that time. As regards his position on Afghanistan, I differed with it then. I differ with it now. There's nobody on earth I agree with all the time. No one. Only me. I agree with me all the time. You agree with you all the time. If I were to only support people I agree with all the time, I would support no one. However, thank God my parents knocked narcissism out of me, and I understand that flawed people run for office. In the meantime, the man was a great president. Portions of the following program may contain pre-recorded material. May, but doesn't. All right, I'm live. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I brought you some good news yesterday. Good news is needed since the country is in a civil war and massive forces of pure destruction are very powerful in this country. Every single institution I can think of, major institution from medical to academic and to sports has been corrupted, has been largely ruined, in fact. So the good news is that the number of 
Americans homeschooling their children, that means taking their children out of regular schools, whether private or public. I don't know why everybody always says public schools. The private schools are just as damaging to your child, and in some cases even more so, not to mention the amount of money you're paying to have your child damaged. And I mean damaged. I never exaggerate, ever. I consider it a sin. That's why I've been on uh, radio for 38 years. Okay. I may I may say something mistaken, which, by the way, I did yesterday. I said something mistaken. I said that it was uh, Guerrero. Jean, is that her first name? Jean Guerrero at the L.A. Times, who said that Larry was a... Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy when it uh, she is the one... She's just as guilty of smearing and lying, but she didn't say that specific one. Another L.A. Times columnist did. What was her name? Erica D. Smith, right? Yes. The fact that she is still allowed to publish at the L.A. Times only speaks about the L.A. Times. It's, uh, but uh, Guerrero is the one who said Larry twists facts and gave no example. So it's a pure lie about Larry. The other one is uh, that is the level to which they stoop. George Soros just gave a million dollars to the to the Newsom uh, campaign. Did you hear that? Yeah, I just heard that this morning. He, he is a, a pure uh, diabolical force. It, it is an amazing thing to see that in, in one person. I wrote about him many, many years ago. You could see it on the Internet when it was not fashionable to uh, to describe what a nefarious force in society the man is. It is, it is almost impossible to know what positive he stands for. But the, I don't know what positive the left stands for. You just destroy. I was going to get to the homeschooling in a moment. Last night, I interviewed, at a fundraiser for PragerU, I interviewed a North Korean woman who just got her degree at Columbia University, escaped the, uh, the large concentration camp known as North Korea. And it, it was riveting, just riveting. And, and she, she comes to America. It's very rare. She said, I think, only 200 people since the, since the Korean War have come to the U.S. from North Korea. And uh, uh, she says, at Columbia, she heard America attacked more than she did uh, in, in North Korea. I believe her. She's, she's befuddled that people speak of being oppressed in this country. They, don't, they, they literally, literally don't know what oppression is. Blacks are oppressed. Women are oppressed. Hispanics are oppressed. Asians are oppressed. Every non, non-white male is oppressed. The best thing you could do is take your kids out of school and school them outside of the schooling process, unless you have a wonderful school. If you have a wonderful school, then this doesn't apply. Uh, but the number of schools that actually teach facts that aren't there to indoctrinate your children, that that actually call your children boys and girls, you know how many schools do not allow that? They want the teachers to call their students students because they don't believe in a binary notion of sexual identity. The best thing you can do, you know it, but something stops you, which is what I want to talk about this uh, this hour. I want to address grandparents. A lot of grandparents have more money than their than their children. First of all, they have almost no expenses compared to the children. It's a very good chance that their mortgage is paid off. They certainly don't have tuition for their children. They don't have room and board for their children unless your child's in Antifa and lives in your basement. And so they don't have these expenses. And they have savings. Now, if you have money in your will for your children, may I, may I respectfully suggest that it, it would do them infinitely more good if you said, I will defray the costs of homeschooling. Whatever that means. Might, it might mean that if one parent has to work outside the home less, you will supplement their income, whatever it might mean. The, the help you could offer 
in saving America and saving your grandchildren? The very few grandparents in American history have had the chance to save their grandchildren as you do. It's a, it's a puzzle to me, and I, I'm devoting the hour to this subject. What stops you? Please call. We, I need to hear this. I'm not even sure I'll have a solution. But we need to hear what stops you from homeschooling your children. Now, if you believe that your child's school is doing a wonderful job, that it really is history that the United States was founded in 1619 and the American Revolution in order to preserve slavery, that that was the reason to rebel against Britain. If you believe that, if you believe it's a good thing for children to have a man in a drag come in for a drag queen story hour, if you believe that the United States is to be seen through the lens of oppressor and oppressed, then of course you want to keep your kid in school. But if you don't believe that, and you want your kid to actually be happy and non-jaded and respectful and kinder and committed to truth, you want to get your kid out of that school as soon as possible. Oh, not to mention... You don't want your kid to wear a mask all day in a completely unscientifically based policy that just hurts children. So here is my question to you. What stops you from homeschooling your children? Not only will I not argue with you, I'm asking you to tell everybody so that we can address the issue. Nothing Americans could do would help this country as much as taking their kids out of the schools of America. Nothing. It can be done tomorrow, and it would shake up society. The teachers' unions have only one, well, I have two interests, ruining the country and making money. They have no other interests. The last interest of teachers' unions are students. The last. They have contempt for your children. Most teachers have contempt for your children. Some don't. You know it's true. It's painfully true. But you know it's true. What was the head of the L.A. Teachers' Union? We quoted her from what magazine? L.A. Magazine, yeah. In which she said, "Oh, it wasn't. It was a good thing what happened last year to your kids. They learned resilience, and they learned the difference between a riot and a protest, and they learned the words insurrection and coup." This is the head of the L.A. Teachers Union. There was literally nothing to the left of the L.A. Teachers Union. Nothing. I I don't know what position there would be other than the nationalization of all private property and, and uh, entrepreneurship in the country. That's the only position left. But if they had the power, they would probably do that as well. You send me an article, I'm looking at... By the way, while you call in now, 1-8-Prager-776. What prevents you... Oh, I have one other question for you to uh, call in on. If you were hesitant and did finally pull the plug on the school that your child goes to, how did it turn out? That's, that's the other side of the question. This is the most important subject right now, closing down most of America's schools. They are ruining your children and this country. It's a pretty big topic. 1-8 Prager 776. Have you taken your kids out of school? Here's my question. What stops you? This is critical to address. You, you know the damage, and I mean damage. I don't mean they're useless. If schools were useless, that's not the same as damaging. They're damaging. 
double the rate in the United States over the last year. Double the rate. It's gone to, I think, 11%. That's a lot. One out of 10 homes has taken their kids out of school. It needs to be nine out of 10 homes. Teachers unions only care about money. And when you take your kid out of school, that's less money for the this utterly malevolent force in society known as teachers' unions. Isn't that sad? Think about it. Is that What's more noble than teaching? Theoretically. That's the point. All right. Matt, Riverside, California. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hi. It's an honor. Thank you. Um, can you hear me? I do. Okay. Uh, so because of the pandemic, we pulled our two daughters out of, uh, well, we were not given the choice to pull our two daughters out of public school here in Riverside last March, March of 2020. So I tried to do the Zoom thing. I gave it about a week. It wasn't working out. They weren't learning anything. So then I did homeschooling, and that went until about last spring. And I got to admit, I just got lazy. I went from maybe three, four hours a day teaching them myself math, history, uh, specifically U.S. history, and uh, geography, and over time, I just kind of did it less and less, like it went to two hours, and then an hour and a half, and then maybe a couple hours a week, so I blame myself, and then we decided, my wife and I decided to put them in a local Catholic school, and we enrolled them uh, over the summer, and they started about three weeks ago. We So far, so good. We seem pleased with that. I think they're getting a better education than they were for me, and from what I can see, there's no issues with, you know, critical race theory or oppressiveness or, you know, America's bad, that sort of thing. I mean, it is a Catholic school, but I have heard from people to be careful because private schools can have issues as well. And I went to a board meeting of the school just the other night because I thought, you know, the more involved I am, the better. And uh, the discussion was not so much curriculum, but just, you know, nuts and bolts issues involving the school. But still, I felt like, okay, I'm doing as much as I can by putting them in a, in a Catholic school and also being hands-on with what's going on with that school. Yes, I think that's very important. So let me react. First, you, you, you said that private schools often have the same issues. I say that every time. I don't know why. People think private schools are one bit better than public schools. Number two, there's zero guarantee that a Catholic school or a Jewish school will not be woke. Is it, don't we know of a couple, what is it, in Philadelphia? They're, they're, they gave a million dollars to the Catholic school and they want it back because the school has been, was it in Florida? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's Florida. So, Catholic schools run the gamut of uh, just as contemptuous of America and liberty as the public school or other secular private schools to, to excellent. So you have to be very careful what Catholic school uh, you send your kids to. As regards the issue of how much time he was willing to spend teaching his kids. This is the issue that needs to be addressed because that is a big reason people don't do it. They, they're they not going to teach their kids geometry, let alone geometry, history, grammar, literature for four hours a day. I mean, we have to be realistic. Most parents are not prepared to do that, are not even capable of doing it. But there are answers. You don't have to be the teacher. And that's what that's what I want to address for those of you who have gone into homeschooling. Okay. All right. So thank you, uh, Matt. And let me clear up a line there because I want to talk to as many people as possible. Kathy in Chippewa, Wisconsin. Hi, Kathy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's really quiet. <laughs> if it's that quiet, uh, one really uh, doesn't have much hope. All right, Minneapolis. 
And Chris, hello, Chris. Hey, Dennis. Uh, great to talk to you. Thank you. So we actually, um, we're a little farther down the road than most people you're talking to. Our kids are grown, and we started homeschooling them in the early 2000s. And uh, not primarily because of, uh, of, of values, but because um, because of our son's learning style, they just weren't um, weren't willing to uh, to teach him. Even though he tested the highest in his class for the high potential testing, they were putting him in reading groups. And so we just had to decide: Do we want to, you know, continue to pour all our time into the schools, or um, consider homeschooling? Because we talked to everybody, and uh, and we just didn't want to lose him. And uh, so my wife um, decided that she would um, give up her $100,000-plus-year job as a consultant to stay at home with the kids and homeschool them rather than going back to work. Well, I want to talk about that back in a moment. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. Devoting the hour to a subject that does not have anything that can be said to be more important. There may be things equal to it, but there's nothing more important. Take your kids out of most America's schools or or your kid will likely be ruined, certainly not helped. And that is the fastest way in which we can... uh, begin to undo the damage of the left to this country and its children. So the question is, what prevents you from homeschooling your child? Certainly the last call might serve to (laughs) prevent some people from doing it. I don't think you need to be your four-hour-a-day a teacher of your children of every subject. There are homeschool groups where others do the teaching. Homeschool doesn't mean that your kid is at home all day necessarily. The homeschool kids that I know not only were not home uh, every day, they were often in England or, or Africa or, or somewhere else on, on some trip learning about the world. Okay, let me take more calls. This is really important. Los Angeles, Victoria, hello. Yes, hi, Dennis. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we've met in the Accidental College. My husband finished law school, and you had a speech there, so it was a pleasure seeing you. Uh, you. My kids, actually, my two seconds background, I'm coming from Ukraine, so everything is very academic, and I'm, my background is very strong on math. So when I started school, see the kids going to school, everything now is play-based, and for me it's kind of not natural. And then when I see what they're teaching, it's very sickening. So one of the kids went to Jewish school, preschool, and she came out from kindergarten class from there, knowing math of the first grade and knowing how to read. And she went to elementary school in Los Angeles, and she was not challenged at all. She was telling me after the second or third grade, Mommy, I'm bored. And I didn't know what to do about it, so I kind of went along with the school, tried to talk to the teachers, and they said, oh, you can go online and teach them some things. And I said, but you have to give her a little bit some, you know, something to take it home. She doesn't mind doing it as long as you kind of give it to her and say you can do greater. Nobody cared to do that. Then she went to middle school, and she was bullied. So I took her out of school for a couple of weeks, but I wasn't ready to homeschool her. She was begging me to homeschool. Um, she was saying, kids are very mean. Teachers don't care. They're saying, you're lucky that we're even teaching you for the salary that we're getting paid. And uh, gay and lesbian clubs on the breaks, and that's a middle school. So she's telling me, Mommy, what kind of school when the kids are 11 years old giving this kind of clubs? She was very uncomfortable with this kind of stuff. But she was depressed during the time when they were studying at home last year. So I put her back to school because I thought at least she has a chance to see her friends and get a little bit better. But she went back to school this year, and she's saying they have murals in the middle school about male, female, transgender, bisexual, whatever sexual, I don't even know, there are a bunch of their signs. And it's literally 
colored on the walls of the school. It's not just the painting there. It's, it's engraved there. And she goes to English class, and there's a sign saying that uh, we welcome all the... Uh, oh, you're, you're free to be here if you're uh, transgender, if you're lesbian, whatever. Instead of giving the sign of Shakespeare or some kind of something with the English, this is just very disturbing. So she's asking me to take her out of school, and I'm worried that she's super smart. She literally could go to Harvard because she's that smart. And I'm worried that if I homeschool, even if she can do homeschooling at home and studying at home, I'm worried about the mental state, that she's kind of alone. And I haven't done ever homeschooling myself, so I'm very much in the school background, so I don't know how to do it. So what did you end up doing? Right now, she's back to middle school with the mask and monthly and weekly swaps. So she is back in school right now. But um, I'm basically 99% getting her out. I'm just looking for the right way of doing it. Okay. All right. It's a very, I mean, I think the most important thing was for people to hear the signs up in her class in middle, middle school about transgender and so on. The issue was not pro or anti-transgender. The issue was what what the hell is is a classroom dedicated to the subject of changing your sex. She's not going to be alone if she's homeschooled. There are so many homeschool others, but that's why I needed to hear that. People are afraid of how much time do I have to do, how much money do I have to give up, and will my kid be alone? Your kid won't be alone. everybody, Dennis Prager with you. Best thing most Americans can do to fix this country, to fight back at the corrosive influence of the left, is to take your kids out of school and homeschool them. Or find a school that actually does teach rather than indoctrinate hate. That's what they do. They learn to hate. Do you understand? They learn the worst thing possible. They learn to be ingrates. They learn to be victims if they're not white, and they learn lies about whites. Whites, 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 whites. (laughs) It's so absurd. Do they learn about white contributions to medicine? Do they learn about the fact that it was Europeans who abolished slavery before Africans did or before Asians did? Do they learn that? No, it's all it's all make-believe lies, the anti-white curriculum. There's no reason to divide the world by race. You divide the world by achievement. The belief that race is important is in itself racism. That's among the purest forms of it. Columbia University had separate graduation exercises last year for blacks, for whites, for Hispanics. For Asians, for gays, for transgender. Can you imagine that? Separate graduations? And they say that that conservatives are divisive? It's part of the big lies of the left. Get Get your kids out of the school. All right, Wendy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hello. Hi, uh, Mr. Prager. I just wanted to offer another option for homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in what is called a tutorial service, uh, and the way it works is that it's it's a school for homeschoolers, and um, I teach at this little school, and basically it's through through a church. It's a ministry of a church, and um, we have classes two days a week, and then the other days, you know, the other three days, the students are working on what their teachers or their parents have have given them to do. You can take as many classes as you know as you want to with us. And the teachers, what's interesting is a lot of the teachers are um, homeschool mothers who, you know, and it's a very educated group. You know, I mean, I'm an attorney. So wait, does this have does doctorate it, degrees? I hear you. Know, you. So, so, the, so so forgive me. Does this solve the problem of the parent? Who, who isn't prepared to devote four hours a day? Yes, it does. It does solve that problem. That's why I called, because, um, for instance, 
uh, I teach high schoolers, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of homeschool parents, you know, once they get past eighth grade, they're you know they're uncomfortable with high school, of course. And so um, I teach English and writing. That's one of my classes. And then the other classes, I'm teaching American government and the Constitution. Uh, you know, do they gather at your home? Books. Is it is it via Zoom? How do they do it? No, it's in person. Oh, uh, though we did uh, during COVID, we did uh, switch over to Zoom. Right. Okay, you know, but COVID to... aside, you, you, so they are with other kids. They absolutely, and, and, and so the, the parents are in effect social events. So the yeah, social events. right, I know that um, exactly. So the parents are in effect sending their kids to school. But it's a homeschool yes. they're sending them kid their their kids to. Yes, and of course, you know, you don't have to ascribe to this, but of course we teach her biblical worldview um, that is in accordance with the line of the church. Uh, you don't, you can, you know, anybody can come to it, but, you know, you have to understand the, you know... The, no, no, the where it's coming from, I, I get it. Uh, but I, I am sure that every city has this... And that it, there would be a secular equivalent or religious-based. I have zero problem with the religious-based, even if it's not my religion. I, I don't see why why that's an issue uh, for my child. Uh, I am Jewish. I am a religious Jew. I would rather my child have that tutorial service than go to half the Jewish schools in this country, which are completely woke. I care about my child's values. I'll I'll handle the theology at home. I have more in common with a Christian conservative than with a radical Jew. And a Christian has more in common with a Jewish conservative than with a radical Christian. I mean, this is so obvious as to not be even controversial. And, by the way, it's one of the only things where left and right can agree. Whom do you have the most in common with? Members of your own religion or members of your own values? Right? It's about, about as clear as it gets. Well, that was knocked off AP here, which is, shall we say, not a shock. But it is a, it is a, it is a nuisance. I, I, can't, uh, I can't take calls now, unfortunately, my friends. So, Sean, you'll just have to pick a, a nice call and tell me who it is, because I can't. It's very sad. Emily in Maryville, Tennessee. Hello. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Oh, wonderful. So my husband and I were both homeschooled, and I feel that the greatest gift that my parents gave me in homeschooling me is how to teach myself. Um. Yeah, and, and, I, and I try to think of homeschooling as kind of a launch pad for living life. We are homeschooling our children now. We're really just getting started. Um, our oldest is only five, and, um, and actually last year we moved from Oregon to Tennessee. Uh, we left all our family, and, and uh, we're starting new here. So, so it's worked out. Yes, gratefully, we we couldn't be happier to be here. Yes, no, that I believe. Oregon to Tennessee is uh, like going from the Iron Curtain to uh, Liberty. Any any move from the West Coast is. We'll be back in a moment. Boy, I tell you, this is. This is important stuff. I wish I, I, I could do this for three hours. I'm going to do this regularly. Uh, uh, you have to get your kids out of schools. You have to. By the way, increasingly, people don't give a damn if your kid went to college, let alone what college your kid went to. I, I, I would say Harvard and Stanford, uh, MIT, continue to have prestige. Nothing else does. When I hear a kid went to Yale, I assume he's a fool. I know that there are people who go to Yale who were not fools. They've somehow, uh, either they were inebriated for four years or they had a very strong convictions in, in, in the other direction. But I assume Yale will make you stupid. Look at the, uh, look at the video of Yale students cursing their, uh, their professors. 
It's a very it went viral. All right, let's see. Let's take a negative call, just so you'll know I take everything that comes in. Mike in Chicago, hello. Hey, how are you? This is such an honor to speak with you. I really appreciate you taking my call. Um, I was homeschooled. This was back in the 90s. Uh, All the homeschoolers I knew were um, kids who were very gifted and where, you know, public school or even private was slowing down their academic achievement. But it seems I'm one of five kids, and um, my parents kind of lost the vision, and um, I'm the only one of my siblings that has um, even a high school diploma, or actually I went back to get my GED. And um, two of my siblings have, um, one is five kids, the other six, and they're headed down the same road where, you know, once they get to be high school age, um, they're just kind of on their own, and um, it's going to, you know, work in that fast. So what, what happened? Your, pa- your parents and, sort of lost interest in the homeschooling project? Uh, yeah, it's sort of lost interest. Weren't going to, um, you know, any, any networking. Um, it, I don't know if there was a whole lot of that back in the 90s. My right, all right, all right. I've got to let you go because of time. But, yes, look, it can go wrong. But the odds are overwhelmingly good that homeschooling will work, and the odds are overwhelming in the opposite direction at a regular school. It will hurt your child, their values, their, their innocence, their love of this country, and often their love of you. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio.